Welcome to Semester 3, Episode 2 of our Just Admit It podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex higher ed landscape. I'm Zach, a former Senior Assistant Director of Admissions at Boston College, and joining me today is my friend and fellow colleague, Katie, who is Senior Assistant Director of Admissions at MIT. In this episode, we're going to discuss how students can write thoughtful and meaningful college application essays. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Good. How are you, Zach? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and this is always a, a favorite topic of mine to discuss and help students with. So um, so this should be a, a fun one. <laughs> Same here. Um, I know I talked about this on the last episode of the podcast, but what did you write your personal statement about? I always love to ask this of <laughs> admissions officers. Yeah, I'm just going to dive right in. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I still remember, um, you know, all the way back in... Well, I guess, when did I apply to school? Um, fall of 2006. Um, you know, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, I wrote about um, basically embracing what I called back then my inner nerd. Um, and so I, over the course of two summers, went to a speech and debate camp. Um, so, you know, it really aligns with, you know, the inner nerd there. Um, but that was one of my more active activities in high school. Um, and I kind of felt that that was kind of really like, a way for me to like, not only grow in that activity, but also like in independence, um, and kind of like definitely grow in confidence as well. Um, and so I think it was, you know, originally like, you know, certainly the quote unquote cool kids are not doing speech and debate, but it was sort of, you know, coming to terms in a way. Um, but also embracing like that side of myself because I liked it and I was good at it. And, um, it was kind of my foray into, you know, saying, you know what, this is fun and, and I like doing this. So, um, yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good back then, but then again, you know, no one gave me any feedback, so I just assume it wasn't. <laughs> hey, it got you into college, so exactly, you know, it all worked out. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think you know the tricky part of you know the essay process, especially the the personal statement that's attached to like the Common App or the Coalition or you know even school specific applications, is that they can really be about anything, right? It can be about an inner nerd. It can be about you know gosh, hundreds of other op- opportunities and topics. Um, so I figure, you know, because today we're going to talk about <clears throat> both the personal statements and the college specific supplements, um, kind of start with the, you know, amorphous personal statement. Um, so where do you kind of find those differences in, in those two main essays? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think this is the the most intimidating part of the college admissions process for a lot of students. And there's a lot of pressure to come up with the perfect topic and figure out, you know, how am I best going to convey myself in 650 words? Um, And I think something good to think about when you're sitting down to write your personal statement and then eventually the supplements is really what's the purpose of these sets of essays. The personal statement that you'll submit with the coalition or with the common application is really meant to share kind of a window into your personality for the admissions officer. I feel like it adds the color and the dynamic background and more descriptive language to all of the on paper things that you have on the rest of your application. You know, your grades are what they are. Your activities are what they are. You know, as an admissions officer, I know what it's like to be on a sports team. I can imagine what it's like to go to a speech and debate camp, even though that's not something that I did myself. Um, But I don't know, you know, what it was like when you're 
team lost in that final championship game during the volleyball season or what it was like to step out of your comfort zone and get up and give that speech for the first time. Um, you know, I did model United Nations in high school and I was so scared to even raise my hand in class, but an admissions officer wouldn't know that if I didn't write about how MUN maybe had helped me to not be scared to talk in front of people or not be scared to raise my hand. Um, and so the personal statement can really give some of that added detail to who you are um, and whatever you want to shine a light on to. Um, what do you feel like kind of the purpose of the personal statement is or how do you explain it to students? Yeah. And I mean, I definitely agree with, with your points for sure. You know, for, for me, I really try to underscore what it's called, right? It's called a personal statement. Um, so it's, you know, make it personal, you know, it should be about you, the writer. Um, and I think it's, you know, I try to come up with different, different ways to say the same thing, you know, but, you know, I try to encourage students to remember that, the application is about them in so many ways, you know, it's, it's their grades and it's their um, test scores, you know, if applicable and, and there's letters of recommendation that others write about them. Um, it's their resume, you know, summary of what they've done. Um, but rarely do the students get a chance to talk about themselves, right? Um, and so here's perhaps just the only chance you get to tell the admission offices something about you, and you get to pick what that is, and you get to pick how it's said. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of like an interview question that you select ahead of time and then spend weeks and weeks perfecting how the reply goes. Um, and that's how I try to remind students to think about this is, you know, you want to get up there and sort of remind admission officers that there's a person behind the application, right? With a, with memories and interests and a personality and a tone of voice. Um, and so you wouldn't just sit there monotone in an interview, you would have hand gestures and you'd use inflection and um, you might tell a funny story. You might tell a, you know, more deep personal story, but there's elements to how we speak and you'd want those to all come through in your essay. Um, you know, I also think it's important to remember that this is not about finding the most unique topic. Um, truly, admission officers have seen it all. <laughs> um, and so it's if you're trying to um, kind of go for the wow factor because, oh, I'm going to write about something so unique. Um, often the effort is put into finding the unique topic that everything else kind of then falls flat because it becomes about this quest for uniqueness and nothing about you, the person, or you, the student. Um, because really at the end of the day, I want to walk away from the essay saying, oh, I really got to know Katie, right? I, I feel like I got to talk with her. I learned about her in a way that only she could have taught me, right? And so um, those are the sort of things I want the students to think about um, when crafting a personal statement uh, is that it's about who they are, not necessarily what they've done. Absolutely. I think it's so much I, like I when I'm sitting with students, I hear them so often. I need a unique topic. I need, need yeah. a unique topic. And I think it's so not about what the unique topic is, but it's about your unique perspective. You know, mm -hmm. you could have 10 students all write an essay about who is at their dinner table, but 
who is at your dinner table, only you can tell that story. Um, and I think that's where the unique aspect of a college application essay comes in is you're telling the story. Um, you know, if I know when I was at MIT, a admissions officer used to talk about, all right, if, you know, we dropped a bunch of applications down the stairwell and they all scattered onto different stairs. If your best friend or your mom or your dad or someone who knows you really well came along and picked up that application, would they be able to tell which one is yours based on what you've written there if it didn't have a name on it? And that's where like you coming in and telling your unique story, that's the important thing to remember and the, the key piece of that, I think. Definitely. Um, what are some tips or directions that you have for students as they sit down to, to write this essay? Um, you know, where, where do you start? How do you <laughs> Yeah, that's the, I think with this one, that's the, the most challenging part. Um, and I guess that's probably the first tip is when it comes to this personal statement, um, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, and it's not something you're going to write, you know, in an hour, churn out 650 words, even if you're a good writer, right? Um, because it's not so much about um, being able to just get an assignment done really quickly. Um, this requires a, a good deal of reflection and outlining and drafting and, and kind of making sure these aspects of, you know, are you telling your story in the right way? Are you picking the right way to tell your story? Um, and then like, is it said kind of the way you want to say it? So I think just even calling that out at the beginning that, hey, this is going to be a multi-step kind of labor intensive process, right, um, is something I really try to to start with my students is that this is, this is not going to be uh, a one-time thing. <laughs> you know, you're going to do this over the course of some stages, um, especially if you're doing it in the way that I think can help an application. Um, and so I guess, you know, in that way, another kind of a tip, if you will, about the essay is that it, it does play a role in the application review, right? Um, you know, you're at many highly selective institutions. Uh, there are far more students that they can take than that they will take. And so when there are so many academically qualified students, this is, you know, the essay, the personal statement is a, a way that admission offices start to parse out who they can take from a very, very crowded competitive pool. So um, reminding yourself that there's an impact here um, and that it should be taken, you know, you should take your time with it uh, is, is something I also try to just give at the outset. Um, but then I, I would say, you know, at least my my suggestion for how to go about kicking it off um, for me kind of starts with getting to know what the essays are all about. Um, so, you know, I encourage let's go through the common application prompts or the UC application prompts or the coalition prompts, right? Um, which ones just sort of initially jump out at you um, or the inverse, right? Which are ones where you say, I have nothing to say here. Um, and that's useful too, but, um, you know, narrow down the one or two where your mind kind of thinks, oh, I could talk about that or I could talk about this, you know, and how it relates to me. Um, but then I think it's actually incredibly helpful to read through some sample common application 
you see coalition answers, right? And you can find these all over the internet now or in books and that sort of thing. Um, but just to just see how other students um, who quote unquote successfully, right, um, have written these essays, what their formatting is, um, how they go about talking about themselves in this way. Um, it's not easy to do it in 650 words, you know, it's like two and a half pages double spaced. Um, but I think getting the the sort of format behind it um, and how to dive in quickly and how to share things about yourself, um, which can be an awkward situation uh, is I think really helpful to just serve as a guide, almost a template. Um, and then at that point, you know, I think it, once you've figured out, Oh, I could talk about this, maybe that, maybe that, if you have two or three topics, just let yourself write 200 words on each um, and see what flows um, and what you feel like at the end you think, Oh, I could have written way more about this, or, you know, I feel like I've kind of hit a dead end here. Um, and so I think part of that is to see where there's potential, but the other part of that is if you are enjoying the first 200 words, you're probably going to enjoy the next 500 words. Um, and if you enjoy writing it, chances are I'm going to enjoy reading it. Um, and that kind of comes through in, in, in your writing. So that's at least kind of my my process with students. Um, I don't know if you have a different take on, on how to go from square one. I, yeah, I love all of that. I'm totally going to steal that when I'm working. Yeah, please feel free. Um, <laughs> For me, I like to have students do kind of similar, like a lot of free writing in the beginning, mm -hmm. a lot of brainstorming. I will pose a bunch of questions to students and have them sort of jot down the first thing that comes to their mind. So questions like, what has been the hardest thing in your life? And like, boom, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, not overthinking it. Um, what, which of your relationships have been the most satisfying? Um, what has held you back from realizing your ambitions? What's the funniest thing that has ever happened to you? What makes you angry? What makes you filled with pride? Um, these types of things. What, you know, internet rabbit holes do you like to go down? Um, you know, I could write all about how much I love to watch Instagram cake videos. And probably you'd see other things in those questions for me about how I like to cook and how I like to bake. And so perhaps a good topic for me would be writing about baking or cooking or something like that. Um, so I have usually have students kind of do some brainstorming around that. And then I'll ask them some longer questions that kind of echo some of the themes that are in the common application or coalition prompts, you know, what, what motivates you? How did that motivation or drive first come about? What words best describe you? What truly excites you intellectually? Like, is there a topic that you cannot get enough of and you've read every Wikipedia article and every, you know, you see it in the newspaper, you see it pop up on whatever social media thing you're scrolling and you immediately get drawn to it. And I'll kind of have students do um, a little bit longer of a, a free writing exercise on that, you know, say 100, 150 words, mm -hmm. and then look at sort of those answers and see what are some themes that come up? What are some topics that seem to continue, continually are coming back to? Um, you know, for some students, I'll see this theme of educating others or working with others, like the moment they're most proud of is when they were tutoring this little kid and the kid finally got this concept in multiplication or addition or something like that. And 
you know, the hardest thing in their life was working with a really difficult student who had no interest in being there and being tutor, but then they finally, you know, like they went and played basketball or something and then talked Mm -hmm. about math while playing basketball and things finally clicked for that little kid. And, you know, um, I start to see sort of those themes that will come up and then we'll propose to students, you know, well, what do you, what do you think about writing about kind of your, value of mentoring others or your enjoyment of teaching others about your own passions, um, you know, and kind of go from there in terms of a topic. Another interesting uh, pathway that I've explored with a couple of students is having them write about 200 words on what is what the safest topic they think is, like the most vanilla, plain, like, you know, yes, I know that this is not going to raise any eyebrows for admissions officers, write about 200 words on that, and then pick the riskiest topic and like the Mm -hmm. most out there crazy, like harebrained idea of what you're writing about and write 200 words on that. And then let's see kind of where maybe there's commonalities between those two topics, Mm -hmm. or if there's something in the middle ground um, that you might want to write about. Uh, so it can be fun. I think there's no right way to approach the process. Um, I think it's great to keep in mind. This is very, very different than mm-hmm. any writing that you've done before, unless you've been in like a reflective creative writing course. But even I feel like it's different than creative writing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not like your English class. It's not your like your history class. It's This is not the standard five paragraph essay with a thesis statement and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot more flexibility in the format and the style that you write in. And, you know, I always want students to to write whatever the most natural topic is to them. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, what feels like, oh, my gosh, I could write so much about this topic. Or I am actually enjoying writing these things, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of students we get to the end of the essay writing process and they're like, okay, that actually was not that bad. I actually (laughs) had fun. And that's what I love working with students so much is seeing the evolution of that essay and sort of what a student for the first time in their life wants to say about themselves and, you know, where it might begin is one place and it ends up a completely different essay once you've Mm -hmm. gone through all the drafting and revising and all of that. And so what they end up submitting is just so different than where they started, but also really cool to see what they end up with. So true. Yeah. I mean, that's undoubtedly why it's my favorite part of the, the advising process as well is it, it's that chance for them to be pretty intimidated and it, you know, requires you to add a level of vulnerability that, you know, is scary um, in general. Um, but then to watch the ideas come out and, and then see the essay start here and end up all the way over here. Um, but the student being like, yeah, like I'm, I feel really good about this. Like that's the, that's a cool project and evolution that, um, you know, there's just, you know, frankly, we don't see a lot of that, um, you know, when we're in school all the time. Right. So, um, and what other, you know, just another thing I think is that you made me think of when you're talking about is, you know, it's, it's difficult to write about this because it's not in the format, um, we're taught, right. It isn't the five paragraph essay. Um, but I think to that point, um, just kind of letting a little window into, um, you know, how admission offices work and reading season and all that. Um, I don't know what it was at MIT, but, you know, 
I would say at least I was reading 35 applications a day, you know, four to five days a week, you know, during busy reading season, right? BC would get 30,000 plus applications. Um, and so, um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, all of this time that's necessary to put into a good essay is probably given about four minutes of actual time in the evaluation process. Um, and I don't say that to be discouraging, um, but I say that to sort of um, use that also as a tool to maybe pick up on, on certain ways that you can write. Like the whole notion and something I really try to drive home is it's really important by the end of the first paragraph. So by the end of the first three to four sentences to have outlined where the essay is going to go and to have kind of hooked the reader in. Um, and whether that's through the use of you know, a cliffhanger or a, you know, some, some writing styles, you know, some syntax that uses maybe some shorter and longer sentences. Um, maybe it's even just, um, you know, an unexpected, you know, statement, an unexpected bold statement. Um, something that sort of makes the reader pause for a second um, is, you know, something I would really try to encourage students to do because it's so easy to, you know, at quote unquote reading speed, you know, just fly through an essay because they think they know it's about something that they're familiar with. Um, so to kind of set at the beginning, you know, here's what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it in my own way um, and, and kind of grab that attention early really does kind of force the reader to, to slow down um, and really take it in, I think, at a slower pace. So I think that's really to the benefit of uh, of, of students as well. Um, I don't know if you can think of any other, like either common pitfalls or common misconceptions um, or other tips with the essays. Oh, so many common misconceptions. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there, there can be some easy traps to fall into when it comes to essay topics. And I remember back to, I don't know, sitting on admissions panels with you, Zach, when we were, yeah. Zach and I both went to Boston College and we were both admissions volunteers. And so listening to the admissions officers from BC oh, talk yeah. about, you know, the grandmother essay. So mm -hmm. you write about all of these wonderful qualities uh, that your grandmother had and how much you admire her. And at the end of the essay, I know so much about your grandmother and I want to admit your grandmother, but I don't know anything <laughs> about you. And so, you know, that can be a, a challenge when you want to write about someone that you look up to a role model or a mentor that you've had to really make sure you're keeping the focus on yourself and not writing a great autobiography of that person. So, you know, I certainly remember being at MIT and there we had unique essays and there were definitely a lot of common topics that would come up. And, you know, for example, writing about the a challenge that you faced. Um, so a lot of students mm -hmm. would write about the robot breaking during the first robotics competition. And I feel like I now know that the robot always breaks right before <laughs> the, the competition. And, you know, while that is a very common topic, again, it goes back to like, what is your perspective on that topic? And it's, mm -hmm. I'd much rather read about how you brought the team together and you helped figure out how to, fix the robot with your teammates and you guys, you know, still got to be in the competition and maybe you didn't win, but 
you reacted well to that situation um, versus, you know, some other students would write about just kind of collapsing and falling apart because the robot broke and not knowing how to to solve that and react to it. Um, so there's definitely like some of those topics that you see very commonly at certain schools. Um, another one I feel like I always groaned over was like the the tearing of the ACL and mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, that being said, like, I have read some really, really great essays about students who tore their ACL and how it inspired them to go in a different direction. You know, they discovered their love of theater because they suddenly Mm -hmm. couldn't play basketball or something like that. And, you know, I learned a lot about the student there. And so I think, know that even when there are these topics that maybe admissions officers are like, oh, okay, not another ACL essay or not another robot breaking essay. Um, We're still very accepting and we want to learn as much as we can about you from these topics. And so, um, you know, take it as a chance to, if that's something that is really important to you to write about, like don't feel like, oh, I must steer away from the cliche topic. Yes, mm-hmm. it's probably not the best topic to pick, but you can execute it in a great way um, as long as you're, you know, you're thinking about the lessons and the takeaways. Are there other like topics or essay styles that you did not enjoy or feel like are overdone or grown? Yeah, I think there's like, I guess to build off your point, um, you know, yeah, I, I do stand by, you know, there's, there's truly not a, an off limits topic. Um, there are those, yeah, that kind of fall into the common cliche topics. And I think my best advice around those is, um, the essay does not mean to be about overcoming adversity. I think there's a prevailing sentiment that that is the case. Um, I'm here to say it, it is not, um, and I will die on that hill, but, um, you know, and I say that because, um, it's important it's impossible context for the individual student to know, but among the, you know, 2000 essays an an admission officer may read in a year, there are students who have overcome unbelievable adversities Um, and, you know, fair or unfair, you know, to, to write about, because you think you should, um, you know, not the robot breaking and then fixing it and you win the competition or missing the penalty kick and the championships and coming back the next year and, and you know, you know, making the game winning goal um, is unfortunately, you know, students who've overcome homelessness and mental illness and, you know, sick other, you know, really, really just unbelievable things for a 17 year old to have gone through. Um, and so it's one of those where if you, if you don't really feel like your adversity is a truly central part to your personality and your life story, it's okay not to show that you've overcome adversity, um, because we all haven't had to, you know, climb up the same size mountain in a way. Um, I think the only other thing I caution is um, don't use the personal statement to give me your resume in prose form as another Ivy Wise counselor um, has has told me, um, which I wholeheartedly agree. You know, your resume is there. I can read it. Um, I will read probably a little more about it from your counselor recommendation as well. Um, So, you know, use the the personal statement to tell me things about you, not about what you've done, um, especially when I can get a lot of that from reading your resume and the descriptions that go with each of those 10, 10 activities. Um, 
I also think that's kind of serves as a, a great transition into the supplemental essays, um, because for me, um, you know, the core thing to remember for those schools that require supplemental essays, um, not all of them do, but these days, a lot of them have at least one. Um, I look at, you want to make sure your personal statement and your supplement or supplements sort of all fill in the big picture of who you are. So if you're using your personal statement to write all about your four core activities, you've sort of used up a lot of important or viable topics that could go in a supplement. Um, So, you know, save for the supplements, why you want to study what you want to study or your most impactful extracurricular, because honestly, those are frequently asked questions as far as supplements go. Um, So, you know, I think you want to keep the personal statement personal and you want to kind of keep your supplements a little more straightforward and, and to the specific point that the supplemental essays are asking. Um, do you feel like there are other aspects to the supplemental essays, you know, how they play in an application, what their purpose is? Yeah, I think the supplemental essays are a really great chance for you as the student to demonstrate that you are a good fit for the university. Um, you know, the, they have, they're trying to put together a puzzle and you want to show how you are a piece that could fit into that puzzle. Um, and so talking very specifically about courses or professors that you'd like to do research under, you'd like to get to know or just have coffee with because you want to pick their brain about you know, their research that they're working on or clubs or activities that you are really interested in getting involved with. Um, you know, I think back to when I was applying to college, I wanted to go to Boston College because of the Pulse program. The Pulse program combines philosophy and theology with a community service element. And that was something that was really important to me in, in a college and BC did not have a supplement at that time, but if they had, that is 100% something I would have written about. Um, and you know, so that was my, that would have been my chance to show, you know, I've done my research on the university. I, I understand kind of what you're all about and what the core values are that you're looking for in a student, but also, you know, imagining myself there at that college, what's it, what's it going to be like? What clubs do you want to be a part of? What activities do you want to participate in? Are there traditions or events that happen every year that you're excited to participate in? Um, I don't really understand what fountain hopping is, but I know every student who goes to Stanford wants to participate in fountain hopping. Um, So now I feel like I want to go and do fountain hopping as well. Sounds fun. Um, And so I think, you know, really approaching the supplements as a chance to shine a light on those specific things that are a good fit between you and that university, um, for sure. Um, what do you kind of think about, or how do you frame supplements when you're talking with students? Yeah, I, I definitely frame them as sort of the, the breath of fresh air, more straightforward version. You know, they've just, you know, you, we've just gone through the arduous personal statement and I'm, you know, like, you know, I know we're transitioning to another essay, but this is going to feel a lot easier. <laughs> um, and maybe the first or, or second isn't, you know, just rolling off the tongue, but um, to your point, there is, there's almost a, a bit of a recipe with a lot of the supplements, especially the why do you want to go here? Or why do you want to study what you want to study? Or tell me about, you know, yeah, an extracurricular that's meant the most to you. Uh, You'll see those commonalities in questions being asked across a lot of schools. Um, And so, 
you know, when you find those, um, and sometimes they're worded differently, but, you know, they, uh, many boiled down to that way. Um, part of them is, you know, yeah, that sort of love letter to a school show, show us that you are very interested in us. Um, and the way to do that is do a lot of research into that school. Right. Um, and for me, it's, it's a lot of name dropping, you know, if you are, if you want to be a psych major, go to their psych website, look up courses, um, and name drop two courses that are really you want to take when you're a junior, right? Um, or go find the professor and the research that they're doing on adolescent psychology and talk about why you'd want to join them in their field work. Um, so I think you can demonstrate how much you like a school by showing how much time you've put into getting to know them. And this is your chance to really show it. Um, but I think it's important that it's not solely you know, a one-way love letter, you know, it's, it's got a, you want to show that you're also going to be a good fit there. So I like, you know, your idea of imagining you're there, right. Right. As if you're already a student, um, right. Um, that you would join this specific club, you would sign up for pulse, you know, that sort of thing, because they want the, the schools who require a supplement, um, or many supplements, you know, aren't doing it because they want more to read. Um, they're doing it because they're trying to use this as a point to determine who is, who are the students who not only know us really well, that we also feel like would yield, right? You know, at the end of the day, it's all about yield, Um, but um, who we think would be a good fit here, right? Who, Who would be a good student in the classroom, who would get involved in the way that their students get involved, who would be a good roommate, right? So being able to say, you know, I would really want to go with professor so-and-so in adolescent psychology because I've started doing some of that research, you know, back home, or uh, I'm fascinated in that because, you know, my younger brother um, has autism, right? You know, something like that, where you get to tell more about yourself, um, I think is the, the combination that is the most successful because, you always want in these essays a chance to tell a little bit, bit more about who you are or why you're interested in what you're interested in or why you've spent your time doing what you spent your time on. Um, so to then connect that to how Stanford, NYU, Boston College, whatever, um, fits that for you for the next four years as a way to grow, I, you know, for me, that's the sort of sweet spot you're trying to hit. That's the, the target you're trying to get at. Um, so, Absolutely. I mean- Absolutely, and I, yeah. I think- Stemming off of that, writing these supplemental essays is also a great way for a student to figure out if this school is really a place that they'd want to be. You know, as you're doing that research and reading about the psychology department or, you know, whatever department it is, you know, I was working with a student a couple of weeks ago who really is interested in the environment and sustainability and climate change and has, as she's done research on you know, the the different topics that she's interested within earth science, she has discovered that actually she's much more interested in earth science than environmental studies. And so now it's, I'm looking for schools that offer earth science and not schools that offer environmental science. And then even further from that, some schools define environmental science in a way very similar to earth science. Others, you know, they're two distinct departments. And so as you do this research, you can start to figure out is this actually a place that is a good fit for you? Um, And so use this as your own process of discernment to figure out 
if that's a school that is going to be a good fit for you and somewhere that you want to call home for the next four years. And, you know, I, I secretly do love it when I'm working with a student and they've had this place, this college on their list for a long time. They start to do the research on it and figure out, oh my gosh, no, I, I actually don't really <laughs> yeah. like, this doesn't jive with what I'm interested in and, right. and I'm not going to apply there anymore. And, you know, I think that I get really excited because, you know, you're learning about these schools, you know, you have to call this place home for the next four years. And so you really want to make sure it's it's somewhere you're going to be happy. And so mm-hmm. if they don't offer the programs or it's not the vibe that you're looking for, um, then the the process of going through the supplemental essays can be a great way to discover that and, and figure out, yes, this is a place I want to be or this isn't a place that I want to be. Yeah, totally. It also helps get those lists down from 20 to 12. You know, <laughs> you don't yes. you don't need to apply yeah, to those eight more, other schools with those essays. <laughs> much more manageable lists, um, yeah. for sure. And, I, you know, I think it's also, I know we were talking about common pitfalls for students, the, the common application or the personal statement. And I think something I see students do quite often with supplemental essays is undervalue how important they are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely a lot of schools out there where they're mostly focusing on those supplemental essays. And I will see sometimes students spend, okay, yep, I'm just going to bust out this 100 word essay on why I want to go to this school. And kind of proofread it, but kind of not. And like, maybe I name a department that doesn't exist or something like that. And, you know, that can be a very, very easy and quick way for a student to get denied. And so I think don't, don't leave them all for the last minute is what I would say, you know, just like you want to start your, your personal statement early and work through many drafts of that. Like, yeah, you're not going to be working through as many drafts of supplemental essays, I think, but you do want to make sure you're giving the time and effort that those supplemental essays deserve um, so that you don't, you know, put your foot in your mouth with what you're saying Mm -hmm. and then suddenly not get into that school because you talked about what a great international studies department they have and they don't offer international studies. (laughs) Right. Totally. Yeah. And I, all I'll add to that, because I a hundred percent agree is just from a timing perspective, you know, those early deadlines, you know, you see your couple October 15th, but by and large, you know, November 1, November 15th. Um, I think it's, you should be working on anyone you're thinking early decision or early action in September, right? Like this is not a second half of October. Uh Oh, like I have to write, you know, three essays for Michigan and and two for my, you know, early decision choice. And, you know, oh, I do want to apply this place EA too. So, you know, these should be, all right, you know, take a look at your list and who you're thinking, if you're thinking early decision, if you're thinking early action anywhere, lay that out and know that like you should be devoting at least seven to 10 days per supplement. Right. So, um, because there also is an editing process, you know, and whether that's through, an advisor, um, a teacher, a friend, maybe mom or dad, if they're allowed to read them. Right. (laughs) Um, but like let somebody else take a look, um, and take, be open to their feedback and be open to kind of doing some rewriting, um, because they're deceiving, you know, especially if they're shorter. Um, oh yeah, I can write 200 words on why I want to go here, but is it, the right 200 words, right? And is it really getting to the heart of the matter? So allow the time for that process to to play out. 
Yeah, and I think like I see a lot of students suddenly discover that there's essays or there's short answer questions on October 31st and the mm -hmm. application is due 24 hours later. And so spend that time as you're filling out like your common application, add your colleges early, mm -hmm. go through the whole like set of questions for those colleges so that you're finding all of those supplemental essay questions or there's, you know, there's tons of websites out there that list what the questions are for each school or you can go to the individual admissions website. Um, I am a spreadsheet queen. I love students who love that. Yeah. giant spreadsheets with like the deadline and the letters of recommendation required and what the application mm -hmm. fee is and the portal website and then include the essay questions in there. And so just kind of have a whole workflow of all of the things that you need to do for an application, including those essays. So then you can also see, you know, all right, all right, three of these colleges want an extracurricular essay and oh my gosh, they're all 250 words. So I can kind of write pretty much a similar or if not like the same, maybe I'll tweak mm -hmm. it a little bit for each school, um, but I can write that same extracurricular essay and I'm not staring down the face of, 45 essays, but maybe now it's only 42. Um, right. right. That makes a difference. So yeah, organization is key in this process and starting right. early for sure. Agreed. Well, as we, um, I think as we close, you know, I'm always curious because I think this is a fun question for all of us who have spent years in the admissions field. You know, do you have a favorite supplemental essay question and why? <laughs> Absolutely. I love a lot of the, the little like short take questions um, that you see on some of these applications. Um, but I think one of my favorites is I don't I don't know if they've released it yet um, for this year, but the University of Virginia and many other schools actually have done. What's your favorite word and why? Mm -hmm. um, I am like thrown into crisis trying to decide what my favorite word would be, um, but I always love reading about students' favorite words, and um, this is going to sound terrible over the microphone, but there's a Dutch word um, called gezellig, which oh. sounds like you're coming down with some type of flu to be able to no. say it correctly. Um, I grew up in the Netherlands, so... Um, I, I love this word and this is definitely one that I would write about. There's no direct translation to English, oh, but it's kind of like the Norwegian word, like Higa, um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think I'm 100% saying pronouncing wrong, but right. <laughs> is this feeling of like comfort and familiarity and like cozy. And so like, that is the feeling I get when I'm at home, like with my family, you know, hanging out with my my six month old son and my husband mm -hmm. and we're eating like usually some type of carb laden food. So right. something yeah. else yeah. that you eat with a lot of creamy sauce <laughs> on top of it and extra Parmesan, but like that feeling of just like cozy and comfort. Um, and so like, that's my favorite word. And thinking about, okay, what would that tell an admissions officer that's going to tell them, mm -hmm. oh, hey, this person grew up in the Netherlands and like right. has that connection to, you know, another, another part of the world. But I love, love, love reading those essays from students to figure out, you know, yeah, what, like, what is their favorite word and why? Um, I think like there's just so many different cool words out there that I'm like, oh yeah, my gosh, I never thought about the word zeitgeist or yeah. something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, do you have a favorite supplemental essay question? Yeah, I'm I totally I'm on we're on the same page about the quick takes. I think they're like they're, uh, you know, 
deceptively challenging, but like they're so revealing. Um, and really the, you know, you see a lot of schools do this. Um, you know, USC throws in a lot of quick takes. Um, my favorite, I think Pomona does a great job with their, their application essay questions. Um, and I think they're just, they're, they're not meant to, to trick you. Um, they're just meant for you to be genuine, for you to not overthink and just be yourself and show there's a person behind who's answering the, why do I want to go to Pomona essays? So, you know, at least last year, I don't know if they're going to keep them for this year, but, you know, they asked things like, uh, you know, what's your favorite way to eat a potato, right? Um, and like, you know, on a Friday night, you're you're hanging out um, and your favorite song comes on, like, what's that song and what does it mean to you, right? And I'm like, what a cool and kind of like almost disarming way to throw these questions in the, what's normally a very high stress application process and and yeah, put some thought behind it. But like, yeah, I mean, like if you, your favorite way to eat, you know, I would, my favorite way to eat a potato, I would say is twice baked potato, um, which is what we make every Thanksgiving at home. And um, they're just so darn good, but they take so long to make. Um, and so it feels like a special occasion, but like, it makes me think of, I can picture like my mom and stepdad's kitchen and like, you know, just getting it all ready. Um, and it, it gives those sort of like fun memories behind it. Um, you know, but I, I love the idea of being able to get to know something just very normal about a student, um, when everything else feels like you need to put on this professional persona. Um, and so I think when you get the chance to, you know, just answer those kinds of questions, um, you know, don't overthink it, just kind of be you, um, cause that's the point of those questions. Absolutely. And I would say now I want a twice baked potato. Right. And, and now I want cake very, and parmesan cheese. Yeah. It's a very zealous meal. So oh, that is. Like, yes, yeah. you can embrace a twice baked potato. Totally. Uh, I'll do the potatoes. You do the cakes. We'll have a great wonderful. time. <laughs> and we'll, yeah, we'll bring it all together. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, well, that is that is all the time we have today to talk about supplemental essays, common app personal statements, coalition personal statements, and all of that. Um, but it was great to chat about this with you, Zach. I always love yeah, chatting with you. Um, and thank you all for tuning in to our Just Admit It. Catch up on all of our previous episodes by visiting the Just Admit It podcast page and be sure to bookmark our IBY's knowledge base to stay up to date with all of the latest college admissions news and advice. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for additional college prep resources. And stay tuned for our next episode in which we will discuss all of the different college application rounds like early decision, single choice early action, rolling admissions, and more. So thank you, everyone. 